Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. It's a little surreal today being here. I don't know about for you, but it's a little surreal for me. Praise God. We're so excited about what God has in store for us. And, you know, the good news, like we said, that song, you know, he never fails us. We can trust on him. He's our foundation. No matter what comes in life, we just trust in God. He will see us through and not just barely make it. We'll thrive all the way through right on into glory. It's going to be good. Amen. There's not a bad day ahead for you and I, as we just simply rely on and follow our father. Every day is a good day. Every day is a blessed day. Every day is a day of victory. Amen. We're going to see more of that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I wanted to take just a few minutes this morning and um, uh, have my lovely wife come up. You know, I've got a message. We're going to get to it here in just a second. But, you know, I realize there might be some folks that uh, um, don't know uh, all of the, well, not all the details, but some of the details about uh, Pastor Amy and I. And, um, you know, the last several weeks, we've, it's been, it's been, a lot of stuff's been discussed. We want to give you a chance in case people are here that maybe have not been coming real long. Kind of get a little bit of a background on Pastor Amy, and I'd be good for all of us. But um, uh, I'll let Pastor Amy go first. Yeah, growing up and where you were. All right. Well, I, uh, I'm a coal miner's daughter. <laughs> I was hoping my dad would be here this morning so I could say that with him here, but they, they weren't able to make it. Um, was born in West Virginia, grew up in Virginia, and make it really quick to the important details. I had a sister who knew God Mm. and she was praying for me. Yeah. And we were kind of in and out of church, you know, she's talking about Cindy, Cindy cool. Cindy cool. One of our missionaries have a church up in Canada. Uh, she was praying for me cause she, she, we were kind of a far apart in age. And so she was already off in college and she was concerned for her younger sisters, you know, our spiritual life. And so she she needed praying for us. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't go, and go into all the details. There was reason the, for concern. All but, the gory uh, details. Uh, <laughs> There's a few, but God's faithful. I survived. So she's praying for me, and uh, I was almost done with college. I went to the University of Pittsburgh, and I only had one more semester left in two classes, and that was it. And I started looking for God. I had actually gotten super, super depressed in college. And I, I think I, my heart just knew that, you know, I wasn't in church and I was not on the path God had for me. And I just knew, but I didn't know what to do. And I was just super depressed. And then I just started seeking God. So I took steps towards him and guess what? He met me. He's so faithful. So I was like, oh my gosh, you know, actually what happened was I started looking for Christian books and we had like kind of a big library in our house and I, I was pulling out like C.S. Lewis books, stuff my mom had had because she had taught in a Baptist church years and years ago. So I was reading through the books and they were okay, but I started getting just hungry for more, hungry for more. And then I pulled out a Kenneth Hagin book. It was Believer's Authority. And I read that book and I was on my knees just weeping but weeping with joy because I'd never heard that I could have any authority. I'd never heard it and absolutely changed my life. And I was like, 
instantly I was like, I've got to be in church. So I started looking for churches all around Pittsburgh. And it wasn't like this big billboard, go to Florida. But every church I went to, it was just not settled. And then I was like, you know what? I remember visiting, it was Faith Christian Fellowship, Faith Christian Fellowship with my sister. And I remembered what it was like to be there. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to move. And I'm like, wait, I'm not done with college. I'm this close. My parents are going to be really upset. And I had such an urgency. Just go, 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 go. The details will be worked out. And I did. I just packed up everything in my little Mitsubishi car and came down here. And I was able to take my last two classes at UF and still get my degree. God worked it out for me. And so I came here and started just serving. I started serving. I was so excited to be here. I started serving everywhere. I started greeting was the first thing I did. Then I worked in the bookstore. Then I worked in primary for several years. Um, then we started hanging out more. And he, <laughs> well, he was doing stuff in youth, so I was helping him yeah, there. Well, when she showed up uh, and when she drove down, I... I had inside information. She was on her way from Pittsburgh. And so I just happened to be at Ike and Cindy's house when she got there. Happened. Totally random. Totally random. Totally random. Just waiting for her at the perfect spot in the living room so I could have a clear view of her and she could have a clear view of me. And uh, He was, remembered me. Yeah. I remembered the church. He remembered me. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I was already in the church, so uh, yeah. Um, it worked out, though. <laughs> but you know, it worked out, and so, so it was uh, you know, I, yeah. So the Lord had begun to move in her life, and she just packed up. We were talking the other day, just how the urgency she had to, she has to do this right now, and so she just obeyed God. And you know, you can trust God when He tells you to do something; He's going to work the details out, and that's exactly what He did. You know, and um, of course, my my story. I was raised in this church, uh, back when it was Faith Christian Fellowship. I know we'd shown the picture last week, you know, and, uh, and the pictures, and I was a little guy at the time and, and uh, grew up in the church. You know, my story is not a story of um, some crazy deliverance from something, you know, but uh, not that I was perfect by any means, but um, uh, it's just a really a good testimony of God's faithfulness over the years, just to watch over you and, and protect you and guide you and day in and day out. And so, you know, I... Uh, grew up in the church and, and uh, was going to Santa Fe College when she showed up and, um, and uh, you know, had some things in my heart, knew I was called to ministry, was just trusting God to bring the right person. And, and of course he did. And we have a picture. We were married in 1996. Uh, yeah. You look at the picture and think, what in the world was that girl doing with that guy? But um, hey, you know, I, that's what, that's what, that's what takes. You have to be there when she shows up. So if she doesn't know anybody else, you're, you're for, get first dibs. But anyway, she didn't know there's better options out there. I, she thought I was it. So, um, uh, but so we got married in 1996 and, uh, shortly after that we moved and made our way to, uh, to Rama. Within two years, we packed our bags and knew it was time to head to, to Rama. Of course we were serving faithfully in the church, both of us. And then we went off to Bible school. We've got our picture with, uh, mom and dad Hagen. And uh, that was right at graduation, right before graduation in 2000. Wonderful years of our life, and uh, it was the perfect timing for us. You know, we, uh, we, it was one of those things, you know, when you just trust God, he'll guide you every step of the way. And it wasn't a big, a big decision, or the, it was a big decision, but it wasn't a weighty or hard decision. We just knew one day, you know, we're, we're going to Rhema. This is our time. Actually, I had tried to go to Rhema a few years before that. And I uh, actually got accepted and found, had gone out and got an apartment and all that stuff. I was ready to go. And the Lord dealt with me and said, do not go. 
do not go right now. So, or, you know, you need to just wait. And so this was right before Amy showed up. I would have missed him. Yep. And so I would have been gone before she got here because she came in August and I would have left that summer. And uh, so I decided to obey God. I remember I had to write the Hagans and said, hey, you know, I'm not going to come. I know I've been accepted. Had to, I think I lost my deposit. You know, all those things that you have to do. And Speaking so, you of know, the Hagans, you were just talking to them Yeah, Pastor morning? Hagan texted us this morning. So that was a blessing. But, um, He's thinking about our yeah, church. Yeah, thinking about our church today. And... Um, so I decided to sing. Of course, she showed up right after that. So we went to Raymond. It was just perfect timing. God just led us all the way through. And so we were there. We left in 2000. We went to Jacksonville with Bruce and Cindy Black to help Pioneer Church in Jacksonville. And we were there for three years. I grew up in a pioneering family. and We got a chance to do some pioneering on our own. So that was a lot of fun and spent three years there. And then we moved back in 2003. And this is our picture uh, when we moved back. That was our, our little photo. We, the family's growing. And in case you're wondering which of these kids this is, you can put the next picture up. Yeah, it's uh... <laughs> you can't tell, that's blonde, long hair. That is our oldest son, Jack. It's not Mia, that's Jack. It's, it's funny, you know, Jack is actually in the video booth. He's having to put the picture up, making fun of himself. I love the way the Lord works. So... Um, uh, we moved back in 2003. Those were our, our photos that we did for, uh, I just always loved his little feet in that picture. He just, his little fat feet. But anyway, some things never change. Anyway, he's got big fat feet now. But anyway, um, so that was our picture in 2003. And so we were on staff here as youth ministers uh, in August of that year, came back and uh, great several years. In 2005, we were made associate pastors at the church. And then, uh, of course, 2006, 2007, our next two showed up. And then you've, of course, got Nate and Mia there. That was early 2008. And all through the years, God's just been faithful. And, um, you know, it's just, it's such a wonderful thing just to trust the Lord and just to follow what he has for you and follow his path for your life. I tell you, it's a blessing and um, we're grateful. And so, you know, all the years now have come and gone. We've been back 20 years uh, here at the church serving and, and, uh, now we're moving into a new season. So um, we're excited about, thankful for what God has done, but we're excited for what God is doing and what he's going to do in the future. And so anything else you want to say? No, I'm good. All right. Praise God. Well, like I said, it's a little surreal this morning, you know, uh, being here with you. But um, uh, it's one of those things, you know, I knew a long time ago, this is what the Lord would have us do eventually. And um, God's faithful. Just we have to remain faithful. He'll cause these things to happen. I talked to a pastor yesterday and we talked again this morning. They're actually enjoying themselves today. They're in church in Jacksonville and uh, having a good time today. So um, we're thanking God for them and their, their, uh, their time. You know, I said this last week. We wouldn't have a church if it wasn't for the faithfulness, yes, of God, but the faithfulness of my parents, our former pastors, you know, Edwin Angela Anderson. They just sacrifice over the years, just really obeying God, following his will when it wasn't easy, when it wasn't convenient, but the Lord told them to do something. So they obeyed. But that, that was something that was instilled in us. My brother and I at a very young age, last week he talked about when they had the, we were in Jacksonville before we left for Tulsa when I was five, um, you know, had a good job and things were finally turning around for them and they were doing well. They were the only one amongst all their friends that had any money. All the rest of them were, you know, just not doing well. So they, they were doing well and God was blessing them. And, and, uh, uh well, I guess they're old friends. Once they got back in fellowship with the Lord, they met some new folks that were being blessed as well. But, um, God was moving in their life and, but it came time to leave, you know, no matter what it takes. My dad was, I don't know if he said this last week, he was just a few months away from being eligible for retirement, having a, a pension with, with the phone company. 
And uh, his boss was said, you know, you, why don't you just stay, Ed? They called him Ed. Ed, just stay just a, just a few more months. You can go to Raymond next year. You can go to Bible school next year. Just stay. This is a lot of money that you're going to have the rest of your life and, you know, when you retire. And he said, no, I have to go. I have to go right now. Well, we know. He told the, told the, told the story last week. Had they waited a year, somebody else would have picked up the phone. And uh, when that call was made after they graduated, we laughed in the office this week. I said, yeah, Van Brooks would have picked up the phone. That was one of his, his friends that was uh, there with him at Raymond. Maybe he'd answered the phone. But God had a plan. They obeyed. So that was instilled in us at a young age. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, just simply obey. No matter what it is, just do what he says. You can trust him. You can rely on him. And he will always see you through. And that's exactly what he's done. Amen? Well, this morning I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about... I've got a message and look at our clock. We have a, see if we can get through this this morning, but I want to talk about grace for change today. You know, we're in a new season and a new time of life. And I know change is kind of an ugly word. Some folks don't like the word change. I'll be honest with you. My personality, I'm not the least bit bothered by change. Anybody else in the house like that? That you're, 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 who likes change in here? All right. Who does not like change? You know, the reality is if you say you don't like change, that's really, I understand where you're coming from, but the reality is you like change because every time a new iPhone comes out, what do you do? You want that new iPhone, right? Any, when, when, when it comes time to buy a new car, well, maybe not Q, Q holds onto phones. Aren't you still like on a, an Android one? He won't even do the, the iPhone. He, he still uses an abacus to do math, right? So, um, uh, he got cup and string to make phone calls, but, um, no, people like change. Maybe in some areas they're more resistant about change, but the reality is change is a part of life. Change is a part of everything we do. Like it or not like it, we've all learned to become accustomed to change in one level or another. There may be some areas where we don't want to change, but change is a part of life. I mean, look at the pictures. I was just thinking, you know, last night, the pictures, the kind of the progression when Amy showed up, you know, my life changed. Her life greatly changed when she met me and it was, became so wonderful. And, uh, no, her life changed. And, and then we got married. Do you think there's change in marriage? Anybody who's been married, you know, there's lots of change. Marriage is more about change than anything else. And so there's a lot of adjusting and a lot of, a lot of things that, you know, you just can't have it your way or keep it the same. If you try to keep it the same way, you're going to have problems. So you need to change, but you change together. And so I was just thinking, you know, we had that. There was major change. We moved, left home. Of course, she had left home in Pittsburgh and, and come down here. But I had grown up here and for most of my life had been here in this community, in this town. Well, to pack up and, and move to Tulsa, that was a big change for me. Well, so then we're there. We graduate, moving to Jacksonville, taking on the responsibilities at, at Destiny Family Church and doing the things he was asking us to do. Lots of change, a very, a very, uh, a very change-intensive period of those three years of our life. Well, then Jack shows up, blonde hair and all, Jack shows up. Well, when you've had kids, that's a lot of change. Change happens. And then the other kids show up. So life is all about change. The reality is we're all going through change. Now, as a church, we've gone through a massive change. I know it's been an emotional few weeks and the last couple months around here has been an emotional time for all of us, for my parents, for you guys, for us. It's been a, it's been an emotional time because uh, change has been involved. That's really what it is. Change has been involved. And so it's been, it's been an emotional time, but how many know there is grace for change? There is grace for change. If change is a fact of life, 
They say there's nothing, you know, guaranteeing a life but death and taxes, right? That's the saying. Uncle Sam's going to get his part. Well, change is a part of that as well. It's a guarantee in life that things are going to change. They're going to, transition is going to happen. You know, I said this last week, uh, we took the picture. By the way, Jack, can we put the picture up of the group last week? Uh, of, the, of, the, of the group. What a great picture. I don't know if you saw that. We put it on the end of the video last week. But a great picture. And so I'm grateful you all did that. It'll be a, a good memory for, for my parents, for us down the road. But I made this comment last week. I said, you know, if the Lord tarries, if the Lord tarries, my time will come. And I want to mark today, I want to mark our, our day that, that, that we took, took over and stepped into the role of, of senior pastors at Impact Family Church. And, and by the way, that's a great honor to us. It's a humbling thing. This is a great church and we're, we're honored. We're humbled by it. We, we treat it with, with, with great care. Um, but I wanted to mark it. Why? Because if the Lord tarries, my time will come. And I'll need to change what I'm doing. The grace of God, the, the grace in my life will adjust and I'll move into something else. But no matter what it is, there'll be grace for me to make those adjustments. There'll be grace for me to make those changes. The good news is there's grace for us as a church to make these adjustments. If we believe, and we do, that the Lord is behind what's happened, we know that his grace is also provided. We didn't run my parents off, Pastor Edwin, Pastor Angela didn't, they didn't get tired of you all. Uh, we've had enough of those guys anymore. You know, we're, we're Earl and his yamans or old boys, right? I mean, we've had enough of that. We, we want to move on. That's not what happened. They, they said they loved being here. They enjoyed, and they did. They've, they've loved it. You know, I know when they graduated Bible school, their intention was to go in the traveling ministry, but the Lord had something else for them. That was an immediate change. They thought they were going to do one thing. They were preparing to go a direction. And the Lord said, no, I've got something else. Well, there was an adjustment, a change in their course. Well, to stay here and to do what the Lord told them to do, there was grace they had to access. But now they're moving into the next phase of their ministry, the phase of life. And so there is grace for them. Well, there's grace for them. There's grace for us. God's grace is available to everybody. It's available for all of us. And so I want to talk a little bit this morning. We don't have a lot of time, but talk a little bit about this grace and about what it is. Go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the 10th verse. Now, you'll notice we'll have scriptures up on the screen. Uh, I like putting scriptures up on the, on the, on the uh, projector up on the overhead here. What do we call this? Overhead sounds so old. The, the projector screen. Yeah, so we, we'll put scriptures up and... And, um, it helps me. I, sometimes we get a little, uh, for me at least, not, not other wonderful pastors, but for me, you know, uh, I can get where I need extra time. It's, it makes it a little faster if we can put the scripture up. So turn there, don't turn there, but it'll give you a chance to take some notes as well. If you're, if you're a slow turner, you can write things down. But here in first Corinthians chapter three, the 10th verse, I want to read this. It says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise, as a, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another built on it, but let each one take, take heed how he builds on it. So there's a couple, some words here I want to focus on, but, but this last part of the verse, I laid the foundation, another built on it, but take heed how he builds on it. Like I said, this is not something that, that pastor Amy and I were lobbying for. In fact, we loved youth ministry. We still love the teenagers. We still love youth ministry, still do. We weren't lobbying for this to happen, but if the Lord says you need to do this, I'm going to do it. To be quite honest with you, if he were to say tomorrow that, that you need to pack up and move to Madagascar, I would do it. Whatever he tells me to do, I would do that. And I never, and this is important, this is something I learned from my parents, never say I will never do this. 
And because I've seen it time and time again, when somebody says, I'll never do this, the Lord will test you and have you do that to break that thing in you. The only time I say that I'll, I'll never move to Fiji, Lord, I will never move to Fiji. I will never move. He knows my heart. So he knows I'm lying. I would move in a heartbeat. Lord, please call me to anyway. Uh, but you know, we were, this was something that we weren't lobbying for, but the Lord asked us to do this, put this on our heart and called us to, to take this position. And so it's something that he said, take heed how you build on it. It's something, like I said, that we're very, uh, we want to make sure we tend this well, that we watch over this well, that we do not only the Lord an honor and, 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 and to reverence him, but also to honor our heritage. You know, somebody had said this, they said that they were talking to us and my parents and said, you know, you've got a great foundation to build on. And my dad spoke up and he said, no, we don't have it. We don't have just a great foundation. We have a great foundation, but we also have a great church. And the reality is they laid a great foundation, but they also built a wonderful church. That's us. That's look around. We have a great church. And he went on to say, he said, that church that was built on the foundation that we laid will become the foundation for the next season. And so the foundation that was begun and then built upon will become the next foundation that we're going to move into. But he said, take heed how you build on it. We're going to do that together. So we're going to do that together. You do realize that the church, this church, Impact Family Church, is not all about Pastor Greg and Pastor Amy. You do realize that. We have leaders. You have people that the Lord puts in positions of leadership. Somebody has to lead. But the church, Impact Family Church, yes, we're a part of it. But look around. The people sitting next to you, they're the members and the parts of this church as well. And so together we're going to honor those things. We're going to be careful how we build. But we're going to build. We're going to move forward. We're going to accomplish. Why? The plan of God is bigger than what we see. The plan of God is bigger than what we're comfortable with. We'll talk more about that, but we're going to do what the Lord called us to do. But he said, I laid the foundation. Paul said, I laid the foundation. Another builds on it, but let each one take, uh, take heed how he builds on it. I was in uh, Utrecht, uh, Netherlands with uh, Rich Walker, one of our missionaries several years ago. We've been many times and they have a place called the Dom there that was built. It's a big cathedral in the center of town. And uh, actually a tornado, a freak tornado came through the Netherlands, which is really odd there, and hit that, uh, that structure, that, that cathedral, and knocked the middle portion down. So all, now all there is is the tower that's left. And it's called the Dom. It took 500 years for them to build that. That tower took them five, I climbed to the top, it was very, very high, got a chance to witness one of the tour guides, it was awesome, you know, we climbed to the top, took 500 years to build something. Well, just because, you know, people say, well, I don't want to be a part of the building process if I can't see the end. Sometimes our assignment is to begin, sometimes our assignment is to continue, then sometimes our assignment is to finish something. No matter where we are, our assignment is what's important. If the Lord comes back in our lifetime, we'll finish this thing out. If he doesn't come back in our lifetime, somebody else will keep building, but we'll have run our race, done our part, build our part of the structure of the kingdom of God, and then we'll move on to glory. We'll all get the same reward. Woo, praise God. I said, we'll all get the same reward. When it's all said and done, that's what I'm looking for. I want the job to get done, but I want to please my heavenly father. I want there to be a triumphant entry awaiting for me as a result of being faithful with my life. And we're going to do that. But I want to focus on these, the beginning of this. It says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, it goes on to say, wise master builder. I want to look at these three phrases, according to the grace of God, and was given to me. And I want to do this in reverse order. 
according to the grace of God, which was given to me. This, uh, this, that which was given to me just real briefly is such an important thing. Paul recognized that he had something. Paul recognized that there was something that was given to him and not something that was going to be given to him. Something as in a future tense, I can do this when I hit this certain point. He realized that something had been given to him. Something was given. And like I said a minute ago, the church is not Pastor Amy and I, it's all of us. And there's a grace upon our life, but there's a grace upon your life as well to do the job. We've all been graced to do this. And it's not something that you have to get. It's something that has already been poured out and made available to you. It has been given to you. So Paul said, he said, the grace that was given to me, but he said the grace of God. This was the thing that he was aware of. Notice in, in all of Paul's labors, all of these things, what did he not mention? He didn't mention skill. He didn't mention his own intelligence. Now, Paul was a very smart man. He was a very bright man. Paul was also a bit of a rough guy. If you know, have read the history of the church, Paul was, could be a little, a, little, a little gruff, a little rough around the edges. He was very smart, but he didn't have a lot of patience sometimes. And so he realized there's something that I needed. What did he mention? He said, the grace of God. He said, the grace of God was given to me. So he recognized he had something, but he knew what it is. Do you know what it is that you have on your life? Favor is wonderful, or, and that's a part of the grace of God. We'll look at that. But all of the talents and gifts that you have, that's all part of the grace of God. But, but by and large, when you boil it down, the grace of God has been given to each of us. And it's such an important thing that we are mindful of this, and we realize that we have this grace. We have it so that we can move forward. You have this grace so that you can move forward with us. I have this grace so we can move forward with you. So grace is one of these, these terms that, that's a little hard to explain. You've got different words that are a little hard to really put into, into English and to fully describe. Grace, you know, modern years, modern days, is kind of this greasy grace thing that's been going on. Kind of this get out of jail free card. You know, grace just kind of lets you do whatever. Why? It's okay. Why? Because I have, we have grace. We can do whatever. How I many know that's not what grace is? So that's, the enemy always wants to take something that's very real and twist it right? He wants to take something that's a blessing to you and cause it to be a a detriment when you start using it wrong and looking at it wrong. So grace is not this greasy thing, this get out of jail free card. Now it is, it does help us in these areas. And then the other definition people would say would be favor or, or, uh, empowerment. And so, you know, it would be undeserved or unmerited favor. That's part of the grace of God. Why do certain things happen for us? Why? Because we have favor. We have grace. There, there's just something about us, the grace of God on our life. Good things happen to us. Why? Because we're in relationship with the king, right? That's a part of grace. But then also grace goes on to its empowerment, its ability. It means it's something that gives you the strength to do the things that you do. And we say, well, that's great. But this is where it begins to favor and empowerment starts to kind of get a little confusing to us because we tend to think on terms of human terms and and in line of what we understand, what we can see and what we can think. It's kind of like the love of God. The love of God, agape, is something that's a little hard to describe. We love people and we, even people that are very closest to us, I love my wife. I love my children. They're, they're extremely dear to me. They're very important to me, but it doesn't compare to the love of God. It, 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 it pales in comparison. I've made it a point, and, and if I do this or say this, you can remind me. I've tried to make it a point to not say that I love this or love that. I love God and I love people, but I don't love P.F. Chang's. 
I like it a lot, but, but I don't love PF change. See, we throw these words out there. I love this. I love that. I love sleeping in. Or I love this. And it cheapens this idea of love. This is a very precious thing because our greatest example of love is the love of God. It goes beyond human reasoning. Why would he do what he did? Why would God make the sacrifice that he made? Why would he go to these kind of efforts? What, why, what would possess him to do this? I don't know about you, but that's hard to even imagine for people who hated him, had, who had no desire to ever know him. In fact, flaunted it in his face and were running the opposite direction. Why would he go to these extremes to rescue the human race? It's the God kind of love. It's hard to really understand. I believe heaven, eternity will be a time where we'll just kind of sit back. We'll, we'll just be amazed as we look back and, and, and then look, look deep into his eyes and spend time and then realize, wow, his love is is way more than I could have ever possibly imagined. Well, grace is one of those things as well. Yes, it's favor. Yes, it's ability. But it's so much more than just favor and ability. It's God's favor. It's the, it's the benefit, the preferences, the, 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 the favor that God walks in. Do you think God walks in a little bit of favor in heaven? I think everything he does is just amazing and just, just so easy, just so much favor for him. Well, so that favor has been made available to us. Well, what about empowerment? Well, we think about strength and ability. We've received the grace of God and it's God's ability. It's not our ability. It goes way beyond that. And it's the creator of the universe's ability. I mean, think about how amazing God is when he spoke the universe into existence. Scientists say it's still expanding at the speed of light in every direction, even at this very moment. I mean, it took me a couple hours to change out the sink in our bathroom. You know, the faucet, I, I, it took me a little time, but I got it figured out. I had some ability there, but it took me longer than it should have. And I, I think, oh, look at me. I did something good. God created the universe with a word and it's still being created. I think his ability is a little bit above my ability. His his power just far outreaches mine. Well, this is what Paul realized had been given to him. This is the same thing that's been given to you. It defies anything we could really possibly understand and fully grasp, but it belongs to us. The grace of God has been given to us. And so then you look at this word according to, and, and this word according to is, is a little different. I looked this up and had, I was actually listening to a Greek scholar, and he said this word according to isn't just a, a simple phrase or an introductory to the main point of the grace of God that was given to him. It actually signifies something very important. He said, according to the grace of God that was given to me, I build. This word according to isn't just a simple thing. It actually means being dominated by or being subjugated to. He said, as a result of me being dominated by the grace of God, this unexplainable ability and favor that's on my life that was given to me, I I laid a foundation. Somebody else came the same reasons, the same ability, the same source. Somebody else built on it. Let's be careful how we build it. Let's make sure we're building on it according to his grace and not our own ability. But he said, he said, according to is being subjugated or dominated by. See, this grace is something that we have got to cooperate with and not just have it something that we access and we feel like we need it, need something or, or a need arises that we, we recognize we need his help. 
But let the grace of God begin to dominate in our our lives, begin to set the direction. One word of that is, is to enslave or to master. He let the grace of God become his master in life, become the thing that made the decision, set the tone that, that, that dominated every aspect of his life. Oftentimes people struggle in different things, not because God isn't there or grace wasn't given, it's because they're not letting grace dominate their life. They're not letting the grace of God actually call the shots run the show and be the thing that they lean on and that they go to first. We've been called to do that very thing. You know, in this season of change, that grace is available. We've gonna, we're going to have to learn to let it dominate and learn to let it call the shots and direct what we do. We have to receive it. We have to access this grace. Uh, let's see. I've got a lot of scriptures here. It's important that we don't frustrate the grace of God. That we don't uh, work against the grace of God. Go to Galatians chapter 2 in the 20th verse. Galatians 2, 20 and 21. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wonderful scripture. I love that scripture. But he goes on to say, he said, I do not set the great, I set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. He said, the life I live is not my own. He said, but I'm, I'm, I now live by the Spirit of God. I've been crucified with Christ. He said, and I don't set the grace of God aside. The uh, King James says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. The Amplified said, I do not set aside, invalidate, frustrate, nullify the grace, the unmerited favor of God. The New Living says that I don't treat it as meaningless. How do we treat something as meaningless? How do we nullify something? By not cooperating with it. By not looking to it. By not leaning on it. By not, by not, by not accessing it. You know, I was thinking of an example. Uh, Drew, you got your keys? Which keys are these? This is a Toyota? Ooh, a Toyota. You got a Toyota 4Runner. Come here, come here. I'll let you do this. Drew's taking over the youth ministry, him and uh, Kelsey. You know, you need to buy a little bit of uh, a little favor with the teenagers. Why don't you give one of the teenagers the keys? Who needs a car? 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 Pick one of them. Pick one of them. Oh, oh, that was nice. Now, she easily received it, just received it. But that's how God is. He, grace is something we don't deserve. She didn't do anything to deserve the keys of that car. Now, are you giving her your car? And I brought this. Probably not. Probably not. But you can sit down. She, she, didn't, she didn't do anything to deserve it. She didn't do anything. It was something that, that, that Drew gave to her. And I won't make them act this out. What if she were to frustrate that? What if she were to nullify that? What if she were to ignore that? What, but, well, no, I don't want the keys. Oh, that, those are great keys. I like the car, but yeah, I can't take that. I don't want it. Have you ever tried to give somebody something they just wouldn't take it from you? Yeah. Isn't it irritating? Like when you really just want them to have it, you really want to be a blessing. We've told people, listen, don't take my blessing from me. Let me do something for you. Let me sow into your life. Just relax. Just take it, right? Why are you laughing? We've probably all been there, right? But we can frustrate the grace of God by resisting it and push it back. We're moving into a season where we're going to have to access 
and lay hold of the grace of God that has been given to us. And we can't frustrate it by memories of how things were or preference of how we would like it to be. When you move into a new season, things change. People, I don't like the sound of that. No, things change. When Amy and I got married, things changed. Life changed in every single area. Life changed. We had kids. Things changed. When we had the second kid, things changed. When the third showed up, everything changed. Right? Like it, don't like it, makes no difference. Life has changed. I could live in the past, how great it was when we only had one, when we only had two. But when our third blessing showed up, no, we, we, we accessed the grace that was there. We laid a hold of it and it became one of the greatest blessings in our life. But we had to do something with it. We had to lay hold of this grace. We, had, we couldn't frustrate this grace. Well, we're going to have to do the same thing. The thing is, when you lay hold of the grace of God, when you accept it, when you participate with it, it will take you places that it would not have been possible for you to go. When Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians, you realize he was writing this after he had left. Paul was not there any longer. He laid the foundation. He's acknowledging somebody else built on it. But we've got to be careful how we do this. Paul had moved on. But remember, according to the grace, being subjugated, dominated, mastered by this grace, this thing that it's hard to even fully comprehend. He said, based upon that, I built. And then when the time came, he was told to go somewhere else. Do you think that was hard on Paul? Do you think that was difficult on Paul? Corinth was an an awful city. I believe it was destroyed by the Roman Empire in like 146 BC or something. And then Julius Caesar wanted to rebuild it. And no one wanted to go there because it had been completely destroyed. It was just a big hot mess. And so he said the only way to get people to come, he said if you were, they made it available to uh, 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 slaves, to, to retired military people, to the down and outs in society. If you'll go and clean the place up, we'll give you free land. We'll even put you in charge if you'll go. It was such a mess. We'll do all of this. If you'll just go and clean it up, you can be in a position of power. So when you do that, I mean, the Roman military, those guys were rough. They were tough. It was not a great environment. You had people that were criminals and crooks and people getting out of jail. You would get set free. And what are you going to do in life? You have nothing. Well, you can go to Corinth and rebuild it and become a leader in the city. You can imagine the difficulties that were there. The culture was an awful culture. Paul got there. He had to fight through so much stuff. He had to fight to get this church established. You read the, the life, the Paul, the, the life, you know, the life of Paul. Everywhere he went, there was trouble that followed him. There was, there was trouble that came his way. Do you think Paul, when he got this place settled, he wanted to just camp out a little while when the church got started? He finally built this thing and got things rolling and it's moving the way it needed to roll and and they're affecting their community and things are changing. And then the Lord says, you need to move on to do something else. Do you think Paul wanted to do that? He made it, he could have made a decision. He could have decided I'll stay. I'm going to stay right here. But the grace on his life was moving him to do something else. Well, when seasons change, the grace of God is moving us and calling us to do something else, to go somewhere else, to move into another area. It's not always about changing locations, but it is a part of changing the way we approach things. Paul made the decision to go. Had Paul stayed, 
Had Paul stayed in, in Corinth, would Paul's life been what it was? The church in Ephesus would have never been established. The church in Smyrna and, and Thyatira, all those places, none of those places would have been established had Paul made a decision, you know what, I've, I've done this. God has helped me build this thing. I'm going to stay put right here. I'm going I'm to do. It was hard for Paul to leave the people there he loved. Paul put in a lot of work, but he loved these people. He'd given his life and had been, had been mistreated and sacrifice made. He did this for them. Well, when the grace began to change, he needed to move with it. Why was he able to do it? Because he, he, he made a decision. I'm going to let this grace of God, this God kind of favor, this God kind of ability, I'm going to allow it to, to direct me. It's going to call the shots in my life. And when he says go, I'll go. When he says stay, I'll stay. When he says do this, say that, I'll do it. You know, when we, when we follow this example of grace and let it dominate our lives, it'll change everything about us. But it'll cause things to happen that can't happen otherwise. Because the, the grace of God is God's favor, but God's ability. Things happen when you're functioning in the grace of God that won't happen otherwise. Just can't happen otherwise. Paul left, uh, left there and he went on to, uh, to made several trips and di- different places, went to Ephesus. And I want to look over to Acts chapter 18. We don't have time to read all of this, but in Acts 18th chapter, uh, Paul was in Corinth and then he made his way to, uh, to, to, to Ephesus. Of course, that was the end of his second missionary journey. And then he had to go uh, to Jerusalem and he came back on his third missionary journey. And I'm just thinking a little bit, if Paul had not done this, let me find the verse that I want. Acts chapter 19. Started in verse 18. We'll have, we don't have time, so I'll have to skip down to verse, to chapter 19. Um, let's see. Yeah, verses, verse, chapter 19, verses 8, 10, that's it. So this is later, this is down the road, speaking of Paul. So when he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. And when, but when some were hardened and did not believe, he, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew, uh, withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, notice, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greek. Jews and Greek said he did this and all those who dwelled in Asia, Asia heard the word of the Lord or the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greek. Paul was in Corinth, had done a great thing, but the grace on his life moved him out of there and he followed that. He let it dominate and lead him and it took him on to Ephesus where he began to work there. He had a lot of opposition in Ephesus, but notice one man, he, it says that all heard. Now, I don't believe that's an exaggeration. I believe everybody, not only in Ephesus heard, but every person, even in the whole region, heard. That's not normal for one person to be able to do. Now, today we have YouTube, we have things we can broadcast. They didn't have any of that. They didn't have any of those modern conveniences and abilities we have now, but his faithfulness, his, his willingness to let the grace of God dominate his life, he was able to do something that wasn't even possibly human to him. One of the things that has been said, now if you were here when Shekinah was with us, she had mentioned this, that the last, I believe Sunday night, she was praying and she mentioned the word acceleration for our church. Who was here? We heard that, acceleration. 
And, you know, you think, well, you know, people say things as they want to be positive and want to, you know, they're guest ministers. They want to say the right thing. They're, they're saying that just to that to be kind. That's not who Cindy Duvall is. Now, personally, I believe Cindy stands in the prophet's office. I believe she does. She's never said that herself personally. And if she listens to this, she'll probably argue with me about it, but, but she will. Uh, but I think she stands in that. She's a prophetess. I believe she is. But I trust she hears from the Lord on things. And she said the word acceleration for our church. To accelerate for a church. In fact, we had other friends of ours who've been praying for us that don't know them at all. And they text us, we're praying for you guys in the church. And this one word kept coming up, accelerate, 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 acceleration. I said, I kept getting it over and over again. I believe the Lord is trying to talk to us about some things. You say, well, yeah, but is that a, is that a, okay, that's kind of, it makes me feel a little bad. Listen, we're thankful for where we've come from. We, We can't do what we're going to do if it wasn't from where we've come from. Right? But the reality is the kingdom of God is always moving forward. And if the Lord wants us to accelerate into our community and accelerate to where he's called us to become, we've been effective, but to build up even greater effectiveness, then acceleration is going to come. That's only going to happen if we all yield to the grace of God. If we recognize that it has been given to us and that we let it dominate what we do. We can be thankful for where we've come from, pay honor to those things and to value those things, and yet, but yet still build upon those things. Pastor Edwin, Pastor Angela, do not want us to just continue doing exactly what's always been done. Unless the Lord says to do it, we'll do it. But if he says to do something else, then we'll do that. If you look over the generations, things change with different things. Times change. Go back 200 years ago. How did the church function? How did the body of Christ function? It looks very different then as it does today. Right? Now there's been a lot of stuff added that probably shouldn't have been added. But there was stuff back then that was going on that probably shouldn't have gone on. So let's ignore the excess. When things were right, the right things for then changed for the right things for now. With the Lord tarries, things will continue to change. Why? Because that's a part of, that's what happens. Change is a constant in life. And we can get stuck on what was, but there's, there, there's a warning. We can't do that. We have to let the grace of God move us forward. We have to be in a place where like, you know what? I know I had my favorite thing. I had my favorite chair. I had my favorite song. I had my favorite pair of shoes, whatever it is. But if we're moving on into something else, I'm going to have to let the grace of God tell me where to go and what to do. Paul did this and Paul became so effective. Think about Paul when he wrote this. He wrote, he wrote the book of Corinthians and the entire area, the entire region had heard the gospel at this point. Do you think Paul looked back to his days in, in, in Corinth when he left at, at, at the end of his second missionary journey? Do you think he looked back to that time and thought, boy, I wish I'd stayed there? Well, those were great times. He probably said that. Those were great times. God came through. God moved. Those were great times. I, I love those times. I love those people. He would still go back and, and, and visit and talk to his missionary journey. He went back around. He visited with them. But his role had changed. He went from pastor to more of a, a, a father figure. But but when he looked back at this time when he was writing this and he said, you know, all of Asia has heard the gospel. Do you think he was, do you think he was saddened by that? Now he looked back and he said, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God I obeyed. Thank God even was tough. He didn't want to go and do all of that all over again. 
What? There was a grace on his life to pioneer, to lay foundation. That was a grace on his life. He could have tried to do something else, but that's not what the grace was. He needed to participate with the grace on his life. Well, we have to participate with the grace on our lives as a church. We have to participate with this. I just want you to look ahead in the future. Now, I'm not putting a, I'm not putting a, a description on anything. Because the minute we try to describe what it will look like in 10 years, what happens? We start limiting God. I said, you realize if we start, we start picturing and trying to like lay stuff out, we start limiting God. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts aren't even like our thoughts. They're so far above us. We can't even comprehend how big he thinks and feels and and plans. We, we can't even comprehend it. Right. Right. But look into the future. We know it's going to be good. Why? Because God's faithful. We know it's going to be great because God's faithful, right? And something that was said at Rama that our, our instructor, my instructor, Dean Hawk, he said this and it's always stuck in me. He said, anything that's alive is growing. And so what we're going to look like in the future, we're going to have grown. They say, well, I don't like that. I like a smaller church. You do realize we're larger than most churches in America. Most churches are under 100 people. We're, we're already double most churches. They say, but I'm comfortable with this. When we left the old church and moved here, people complained. Well, it doesn't feel like that. Things have changed. Yes, things have changed. I drive by the old church all the time. Our old property. I drive by it every single day and I look at it and I have great memories. I climbed trees there. I, I did all sorts of things my parents didn't know I was doing. You know, I, we, we played games in the side yard. I mean, I got to knock down walls there. I, I climbed under the stage. I mean, all these great memories. I married my wife there. All of these things. But I drive by and I don't think, oh man, I wish I was there because where I'm at now is better. Now, thank God for the church there. They're doing a great thing. But to just to get stuck where I was, that's not quite that. The grace on us had moved at that point. It had changed at that point. We we could no longer stay there. We needed to do something and it took some effort. But then when we got here, people were like, I don't know, it's not the same thing. It is true the Lord could call somebody and it could call some of us. Some of you could get called to go somewhere else. Let the Lord call you. Let the Lord call you and not the memories of yesterday call you. We honor those memories and we're thankful for those memories. Thank God for those things. But there's something new for us to do. There's a grace we have to access and have to participate. So look ahead into the future. What does it look like? I don't know. But in 10 years from now, if we look back, and if God continues to be God, I think there might be a good chance. I don't know. Well, it's a crazy world out there, Pastor Gary. I think God probably can, can make this happen. Well, you know, I mean, all this stuff. I mean, look at the news. Okay, I think God can handle all of those things. His ability is far greater than anybody's craziness, right? Now, no matter what culture does, the good news is still the truth. It still is the power of God unto salvation. It's still what every human being needs. So I think God's got it covered, right? So move into the future, whatever it looks like. Are we going to look back at this and say, oh, I wish we could go back. There'll be certain things we'll probably always be fond of. The the reality is I'm not the the teacher my dad is. My dad is a Bible school, world-class Bible teacher. He's amazing. That's not me, right? You might say, well, well, you should do it. No, I should do what God has graced me to do. 
right? Right? And the, the, the reality is, I don't answer to what you think. Right? I mean, if everybody packed up and left tomorrow, so be it. If God is cool with it, then I'm going to just relax. Right? Well, we, we all have to do that. So things that we'll, we'll look back on, but move 10 years into the future. I don't know what it's going to look like. I believe. I believe. Part of the grace for this next season is to take the brakes off of our expectations. Right? Well, this, uh, this is just the way it is. We come to church. Who says it has to be that way? Well, this is the response or, or whatever it is. Who says it has to be that way? Paul reached the entire region of Asia. One man's work. Apollos was with him. Priscilla and Aquila were with him in Ephesus. Sure, he raised up people. Timothy came along to help. Here's the other thing. Paul stepped into his grace. When his grace changed, he went with it. And God supplied all the people that he needed to fulfill that. The end result is the entire region heard the good news. The entire region was touched by it. We need to start thinking bigger than what we've seen. But not try to manufacture something. Let's just follow the grace of God. Let's just let the grace of God just dominate how we do things. Well, how do we do that? Well, don't let dissatisfaction in. Don't, don't, get, don't get in a hurry, but then don't get too slow, right? Don't, 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 don't start expecting too much, but keep your expectations on, right? You know, just simply follow what he would have us to do. Like I said, I believe the word of the Lord to our church is we're coming into a season of acceleration. I believe we're moving it. Listen, I was talking to the teenagers about this on Wednesday night. I know we got to go. Talking to the teenagers about this on Wednesday night. Several years ago, what class was that? What year was your class? 2009, was that the, the large group? Yeah, so 2009, you know, Pastor Amy and I came back in 2003. And so in 2009, our graduating class was how many? 20? 24, 25 seniors that graduated. It was the biggest class we'd ever had graduate. I was so proud of myself. Can I be honest with you? I was so proud of myself. We were running like 70 teenagers in there every week. And we had 24 to 25 graduates. I was so proud of myself. Woo! This is the biggest this group has ever been. Woo! Anybody ever those moments before? Everybody say that. Woo! Well, look at me. Look at me. Husbands, we know how this is. We do something at home like, hey, baby, look at what I just did. Yeah, right? So I was so proud of myself. So proud of myself. So we go to graduation, man. I walked in like king, king of the graduation. Not that I'm graduating, but I got 24 down there. I walked in. I sat down. I didn't sit. It was just a few moments of sitting down. My heart started bothering me. Oh, this kid started lining up. These te- not kids, teenagers started lining up, you know. And I thought, oh, I got 20, I had 20, there's 24, 25 of those are mine, but what about that one? What about that one? Well, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. In fact, the vast majority of them, I had had no impact in their life. I hadn't done anything to change their life. We had some that had come and through, had been invited and come and gone. But the vast majority of that class, 200, 220, 250, 250 students, what, what percentage is 25? 10%. Thank you. He's my mathematician. He got his abacus out, right? 25%. 10%. 
I'm trying, I'm still trying to make it sound better. I Ten, we, had, we, we were ten, we, had, we tithed out of that class unto the Lord. Was, it was our dime out of the dollar with that class. I was so proud of myself, but then I sat down and saw them coming, I thought, oh, we could have done so much more. I was talking to Brother Eric, you know, and I was, I was trying to guesstimate how many people live in our area. I was thinking, you know, 12, 15,000, something like that. He said there's about 25,000 people that live within just a 10 to 15 mile radius of Impact Family Church. 25,000 people. Forget Gainesville, just, just right around us. Now, I'm not saying what's going to happen. The reality is it's not up to me to make it happen. And it's not up to you to make it happen. It's up, it's, it's, it's the grace of God. It's his favor and it's his ability. It's, it's, it's on God's level. It's him, but we do have a responsibility to participate with it. We do have a responsibility to participate with this grace. I don't know what that's going to look like. You want to know pastor Amy and I's heart. We have a community here. We have to reach this community. Every person that's in here this morning, man, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful. Just like those 25 teenagers. I was, so, I was so grateful for those 25 teenagers that we had been able to, 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 to work with and minister to and to have an effect on the life. I was so grateful for that. But then what about these others? What about these others? Stephen read the scripture on Sunday to, to enlarge the place, his favorite scripture, enlarge the place of your tent. God's not, God doesn't have to enlarge. He already is large. He sent Jesus not for the 12, but for the whole world. He had them all in mind. He had all of them in mind. All of them. That's their choice. He doesn't get them all because they choose not to, but he made it available. He went for all of them. We're not going to get all 25,000, but we have a part that God has called us to reach. We're, we're the foundation of this. We've started this. God has reached us, changed our lives. The grace of God will move us into what's next to continue to reach the people God has sent us to. That's what the grace of God does. See, is that all there is? No, there's all, there's all kinds of good stuff about it. I mean, there's all good things included. We're, we're going to have opportunities to serve together and and to work together and serve the Lord faithfully and, and, and store up treasure in heaven and, and all of those things. We're going to get to do all of that. We're going to get to see God's blessing on us personally and as a church. We're going to get to see us living, being in examples in every area of our life to, to this lost and dying. We're going to see all of that. We're going to get to see all of that personally. But I believe he's wanting to accelerate us into what's next, the next step, the next area. There's a grace there. There's an ability that's there. There's a favor with men. There's a favor in this day. We need the favor of God in the day we live in. Trying to force this gospel to be preached and for people to hear it by forcing it on them, that's not the right way to do it. But there is a favor-filled proclamation of the gospel that causes people to respond. Not all are going to respond, but some will. Will we look back in 10 years? If the Lord tarries, ain't Pastor Amy and I, we pass this on to somebody else. Will we look back and say, I wish we had never done it? No, we'll look back and say, thank God for my opportunity. Thank God for that we labored. We, we, like Paul, I fought the good fight. 
you know, I finished my race. Now there's laid up for me a crown of glory. Let's get this done, right? Let's, let's move on. That's what we're looking forward to. There's grace for us. So there's grace for us. I'd like everybody to stand as a church. Our church body, we've got people serving this morning. Not everybody could be here today. And thank God for those who are serving, some that are out of town. But as a church, let's, let's agree together to lay hold of this grace that's available to us. Say, well, Pastor Greg, you're kind of getting into this, getting all into this pretty quick, aren't you? Yeah. Why, why wait another day? Why wait another day? When the disciples, when Jesus was raised, he immediately started putting things in that they needed and they quickly sent them out. Let's go get it done. Well, the Lord's sending us out. He's moving us into the next stage of what he has for us. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. It's not because of number. I care less about all that stuff. It's lives being changed. It's God being glorified. It's you and I looking more like our father every single day. Running the leg of our race. I read that scripture last week. Serve our generation. It's us serving our generation. That's everybody who's alive during this period. We're going to serve this generation. But we need to step into this grace. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you this morning. Let's just believe God together. This is a family commitment. Like I said, this is not a pastor and Amy and I think this is all of us. Let's commit ourselves to be led by him, to be, to be submitted to him today and let's draw on this grace. Father, we are so grateful for what you've done. We're so grateful for the things that you've accomplished with us in this church, in this community. Lord, we're grateful for the great church that has been built. We're grateful for that. Lord, thank you for the faithfulness of my parents and all that they've done, Lord. We're, we're grateful. Lord, I know you are faithful to not forget our labor of love and you'll not forget their labor of love. And as they move into their next stage, Lord, there's grace for them and it's gonna be amazing. There's acceleration for them. And we agree together. They're still part of this body. We agree together with them that that grace would function and flow and move in their life. But Father, as a church, as a, as a congregation, Lord, today we make a commitment to be dominated by, to be ruled by, to be directed by your grace, this divine, unmerited, can't be, des- can't be earned favor, and this divine, can't be understood ability. Father, we make the decision to yield ourselves to it today. And by faith, we call on that today. Lord, we receive it in our lives. Make this your, 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 your faith, the declaration. We receive it this morning in the name of Jesus. Where there's been difficulty in times past, there'll now be ease in the name of Jesus. Open doors, open opportunities the right connections, the harvest coming in and your name being glorified in this place in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. 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 We thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we give you all the glory and all the thanks for it. Hallelujah.
but we know it's been given to us. Hallelujah. And we thank you for it this morning in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you what I saw in prayer Monday night? We were praying Monday night, you know, and as I was praying, I don't know exactly what this means, but I saw a field, a lush, beautiful, beautiful field, a meadow. And then I saw these trees beginning to sprout all over the field. These big oaks starting to rise up just one after another. And this field became just filled with these mighty oaks. And I saw it was a place of refuge for other things to come and to gain shade and protection from. And it came up, just began to, just began to sprout up. I believe we're heading into a stage of some sprouting. We've had a lot of sprouting. There's been a lot of shade thrown. But we're going to throw some more shade to this generation. Amen? We just, we just ask you to run with us. We know you will run with us. We're going to see this thing through. Amen? At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.